Thank you, Mr. Nyoni. Um, let me greet you all in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's a blessing to be with you once again this morning as we worship the Lord together. I see uh, a new face there at the back uh, with uh, Tony's brother. I forgot your name. Yes, yes, Joel. Um, welcome, Joel. Uh, Joel has been around since Friday with uh, Tony. Um, get to know him and uh, uh, yeah, uh, over over tea and coffee. Um, Lydia from uh, Heritage, right? <laughs> I remember you were in Brackenness. So, uh, Lydia from Heritage, uh, good to see you once again. Uh, it's good that she she um, she comes uh, regularly uh, uh, when they come to to Rustenburg with with G um, and and. Um, uh, uh, their daughter um, so uh, welcome welcome and uh, I see Lebo as well uh, good to see you once again it's been a while since we um, saw you uh, welcome all um, I see a new face at the back what's your name sir Solly uh, good to see you sir welcome um, get to know him after church as well um, we we haven't been so uh, usually on Sundays we go through James right um, we go through the book of James looking at the subject of practical Christianity as we look at the whole uh, letter that James wrote um, to these believers here um, for for a couple of weeks we haven't been going through the letter we have been benefiting from other men as they uh, stood in the pulpit and gave God's word uh, it, it has been a blessing to hear uh, how God uh, spoke through their lives uh, to Tatenyoni um, uh, and uh, Shane as well from Brackenest. Um, so we're thankful for that. We're thankful for their ministries, thankful for how God has used them um, um, to speak to us as a church. We continue this morning um, going back to James. Um, today we're looking at James chapter 1 verses uh, 13 to 18. James chapter 1 verses 13 to 18. But let me just give you um, um, maybe a, a recap of what we looked at. We, we, we saw James um, touching on the issue of of trials from verses um, 2 to verse um, 12, which we looked at for a couple of weeks. And, and James um, considers th this church um, that is going through various kinds of trials, and he calls them to respond in a godly manner to trials. He, he says a godly manner um, to respond to trials is characterized in this way. It is characterized by a joyful Attitude. It is characterized by an understanding mind, by a, a submissive will, and by uh, wisdom. Um, we, we, we ask wisdom from God, and then we looked at verses uh, 9 to, to 12 as well, that we need to have a, 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 an appropriate view of ourselves, and we need to uh, be characterized by steadfastness in the face of trial. So um, now James um, moves from trial and he goes into temptation. This is what I want us to look at on the subject of the Christian and temptation. The Christian and temptation. Let us look at God's word from James chapter 1 verses 13. <clears throat> I read up until verse 18. This is God's word. Let us hear him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. 
for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself, he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to death, gives birth to sin, and, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. And this is the word of God. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, our Lord and God, what a joy it is to know you. What a joy it is to be known by you. As we draw near to your word, we pray that you uh, will teach us your ways. Teach us the truth in your word. Give us hearts that will respond to your word and to walk in it and to love you and to glorify you with our lives. For the sake of your name, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, when you consider the testimony of scripture, you'll see that the Christian life is a constant battle. The Christian life is a constant battle. Uh, though we are saved from the power and control of sin, in this life we are not saved from the presence of sin. Sin continues to fight Christians with a goal of weakening our commitment to God. Think about Genesis chapter 4 verse 7, when um, God um, warns Cain, who was about to fall in the grip of, of sin, and God says to him in verse 7, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Sin wants to destroy you. Sin is coming after you, but you must defeat it. But instead of fighting sin, he, he gave in and, and became a murderer. On the other hand, we see Joseph, a young man sold into slavery by his brothers. And when he was there, he was taken into the house of Poti, uh, Potiphar, I think. Uh, standing, uh, when he, he was there, he, he stood his ground against a woman who tried to seduce him multiple times. He, he responded firmly by saying in Genesis chapter 39, verse 9, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? There's a clear, when you, when you, when you look at the, the testimony of scripture, there's a clear biblical call to a life of vigilance a life of alertness, a, a call to fight sin in the midst of temptation. In these verses we just read, James shows his readers the dynamics of temptation and how it works in our lives. And, and knowing how it works, when we get the idea of how temptation <coughs> works, it will better equip us to endure it. Um, and, and, and to experience God's blessing as a result. I want us to, to see as, they, as, as, as James here develops this idea, he, he gives us three facts 
we, we should be aware of about temptations. Three facts we should be aware of about temptation. First, temptation does not come from God. Temptation does not come from God. Look at verse 13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. And notice the word that is used here, temptation, in verse 13, in contrast with the word that is used in verse 2, trial. Right? Um, it is the same Greek word, uh, um, which uh, can be neutral, but context will determine what the word truly, uh, uh, um, you know, what it means. So what is the, the definition of the word in that context? And, and there's a man, Patrick Fabin, um, he gives a description of temptation here, which shows how, how distinct it is from trials. He, he says temptation is seduction to evil. Solicitation to wrong. It stands distinguished from trial in this way. Trial tests. It seeks to discover the man's moral qualities or character. But temptation persuades to evil. It deludes that it may ruin. The one means to undeceive, that is trial. The other means to deceive, that is temptation. The, the, the one aims at the man's good. The other, uh, it, 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 it aims at making, uh, um, it, it bringing out evil in his heart, it, in, in leading him to, 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 to more uh, sin. God tries, he says, Satan tempts. When you look at this, there's a clear distinction here, and it's clear that in this context, what it is talking about, it is not talking about the fact that uh, uh, um, God tries our faith, but it is talking about temptation that draws us to sin. So Paul, um, James says here, um, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. When you read verse 13, it may seem surprising to some of us that anyone would suggest that temptation comes from God. But James had a working familiarity with the deceitfulness of the human heart. And, 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 and so has just, just about everyone since his day um, who, who has ever worked for the cause of Christ in the lives of, of, of others. Uh, people often make excuses for their sins that, that, that place the blame squarely on God. They, they look at God as the one who is to blame for their sin. You, you hear things like this when, when people talk about their sin. I can't help it. God made me this way. Right? They say, if God didn't want, want, want me to give into it, then why did he... Why, why didn't he take away my desire? Right? Or you hear things like, God could have stopped me, but he didn't. So it must be that he wanted me to do it. So you, you find these, 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 these um, things that people say trying to justify their sin, and in doing so, they are putting this, the, the blame on God. They are saying, God is the one who is responsible for this sin. 
God is the one who is responsible for me um, giving in into this sin. God becomes the scapegoat as an excuse for sin. Think about Genesis chapter 3. When Adam sinned against God with, with Eve, when, when they ate of the forbidden fruit, the fruit that God said that they should not eat. When God confronts him about eating the fruit um, that, that God wants him not to eat, he, 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 he answers God by saying this. He says, the woman in, verse, in, in chapter 3 of Genesis, chapter 3, verse 12, he says, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit. She gave me fruit, the fruit of the tree, and I ate. Right? What, what does that tell you? What, what do you see there? Essentially, what Adam is saying here, he's saying, God, if you did not give this woman to me, I would not have sinned against you. In other words, the logic in Adam's mind is that because you have given her to me, I sinned. Therefore, you are to blame. He's putting the blame squarely on God. I wouldn't have disobeyed you if you didn't uh, give me the woman. But he forgot that, um, uh, you know, a few, a few verses ago, he was saying, now this is bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman. He was, uh, he, he, he was happy and excited um, with, with the gift <clears throat> that God had given him in Eve. But now he's looking at God and saying, you are to blame. And in answer to this, James says that, um, here he says, God cannot be tempted by evil. No, nor does he tempt, uh, no, no, nor does he himself tempt anyone. He cannot be tempted by evil. He, he is not tempted by evil. He himself is light. He is without darkness. And, and it may be that in verse, as we have seen from verses 4 to, to 5, that God permits trials in order to refine us. Right? He, he brings trials in our lives. Various kinds of trials. He is, he, yes, he is the one who is bringing trials to, to strengthen our faith, to, 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 to strengthen us in our walk with, with, with him and to prepare us for glory. But when it comes to temptation, solicitation to evil, God is not responsible for that. He, he, he does not uh, uh, bring temptation in our lives, nor is himself um, tempted with evil. He is not the author of it, nor is he the victim of it. The, 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 deceptive, the deceptiveness of our heart is, is shown in that it is ready to blame God for our sins in order to get the attention off of us where the real blame truly lies. Right? We, we're so quick to, to put blame um, away from us, right? We 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 are so quick to see sin um, um, that is not in us. When sin, when there's sin in us, we we give ourselves grace, but we are unable to offer grace to others. When we have sinned, we there, there, there's an inner lawyer um, 
who who comes out and and defends us and 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 when when this inner lawyer is defending us he or she can go so far as to point the blame to god we talk about the fact that i have a temper because this is how i am and if this is how i am this is how god has created me right and so the blame is not on me the blame is on the one who has created me he created me with this temper i have this proclivities that are in me the 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 the, the illicit proclivities and and so i i cannot help it this is how i'm made it is god who is to blame it is easy for that inner lawyer to to come out in our defense right And James says, don't say that God is the one who's tempting you. Uh, after he says this, he, he, after showing us the fact that temptation, um, the source of temptation is not God, he, he goes on to show us the real um, uh, um, source of our temptation. The, 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 we see here the second fact about temptation in verses 14 to verses 14 i mean to verses 15 he said uh, 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 the, the fact that we see is that temptation has its source in our own desires temptation has its source in our own desires look at verses 14 and 15 but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire then desire when it is conceived gives birth to sin and sin when it is fully grown brings forth death James here speaks about each one um, is tempted in verses um, verse 14 each person or each one uh, putting the blame on the individual the, the principle that pulls us to a temptation to disobey God, God's command is our own desires. It is our own lust. It is our own passions. Uh, to explain how temptation works upon these desires, James uses the language of the fisherman uh, or, or the animal trapper, saying that each one is lured and, and enticed by, by means of them. It's just like a fish that is lured to the hook or the animal that is lured to the trap by means of desire it is the 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 fish that sees the bait on a on a sharp hook and and desires uh the the, the worm without seeing the hook perhaps the greatest example that we can think of is 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 what we we read in genesis chapter 3 verse 6 about the temptation in the garden where here we, we read in verse 6 it says so the woman saw that the tree was good for food right it's the story of Adam and Eve and and the fall the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. 
and also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate you see what happens she sees it and it's attractive she desires it and she takes it right I once read in, in a book by, by Ralph Venning. Ralph Venning says, um, well, he reasons, in the book is, uh, the name of the book is the, sin, the Sinfulness of Sin. And he says, just imagine if sin had all the warnings written on it, that before you drew near to it, before you indulged in it, before you gave in to it, you would read things like warning after you indulge you will die after you indulge you will destroy your relationship with God and, and, and he makes this argument and says if you knew about these warnings before you drew near and indulged in the sin would you go on Right, uh, sin does not present uh, those warnings before. It, it presents itself in in in, in attractive attractiveness. It it dresses itself in in, in joy. It it, it it deceives by uh, showing you that you will have joy, that you will have satisfaction. It dresses itself in such a way that you want to go in. It is a picture of a buffet. When you go in, inside is just rottenness. Eve saw, and she saw the tree was good for food, but she didn't see. The, the, the consequence of that sin. In verse 15, what we see here, James changes his metaphor. He, he goes from speaking in the language of the fisherman or the hunter and speaks quite frankly in the language of pregnancy and birth. And we see the logic here that James wants to draw us to. And, and, and he's speaking of this in an, in an illicit context. Uh, once someone is lured away into temptation by, by desire and, and then acts on that temptation, something is conceived that is called sin. Sin, as the Bible tells us, is lawlessness. In John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. It, it, it is as, the, as, the, as question 14 of the West, Westminster Shorter Catechism says, it, it says it is any lack of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. It's as if the action of giving in to desire resulted in a child called sin. It gives birth to sin. And that child, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. Uh, let me go back just a bit um, to say this. Uh, notice what James here is saying. James is not saying temptation is sin. Right? Temptation is not sin. In fact, even the way he, 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 he writes here, he says, 
um, in verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted. He's, he's not saying if you are tempted, right? He, he, he is pointing out the fact that temptations are bound to come. Uh, but it does not mean that in the midst of temptation you are to give in to the temptation. You are to resist the temptation, right? And, and when you don't give, um, when you give in to the temptation, we see this, this, this progression into evil. We, we, we see this progression into sin, into a life that dishonors God. temptation when you give into it gives birth to sin and when sin um, when that child called sin is fully grown James says it brings forth death as the Bible tells us the wages of sin is death in Romans chapter 6 verse 23 God warned Adam that on the day he ate of the fruit that uh, that God forbade him to eat, he would die, right? God, God came to him and told him that, but he ate of the fruit. Romans chapter 5 verse 12 tells us, therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. His sin not only affected him, but it affected the rest of humanity. So we saw that um, here that temptation does not come from God, first of all. And secondly, we saw that temptation has its source in our own desires. And thirdly, um, it's, 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 it's rather long, it's a long point. Thirdly, the, the third fact about temptation is that no one should be deceived about God's relation to temptation. No one should be deceived about God's relation to temptation. Look at verse 16 to verse 18. James says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Here, James recognizes that there would be an inclination in the, in the fallen human heart of the, of the people he loved to, to fool themselves about, about this. It, it would be easy for them to do this very thing he warned them not to do at the beginning of this passage. Uh, that is to blame God and to try to take the blame off of themselves. But we will never get anywhere by doing that. There will not be any progress. We, we become false before God, who, who himself is not fooled and cannot be fooled. First John chapter 1, verse 10 says, If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. You see, the fastest way to forgiveness is to own up to our own blameworthiness when we fall into sin. It is not to conceal or, or hide or try to, 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 to cover our sin um, with a blanket of, 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 of good works. It is to own up before God. 
It is to admit our sin before God. James says, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Isn't it wonderful here that James calls his, his readers here in, 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 in verse 16, my beloved brothers. His purpose is not to condemn here. Um, it's not to condemn our failures in, in the past, but to enable us to, to endure temptation in the future. And so he puts our attention on the holy character of God. Right? He brings the character of God to, to help us deal and, and work through temptation. He does so in two ways. First of all, he points to the character of God with respect to himself. Right? He writes this. He says, in, in verses um, 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In other words, God is not the one who sends temptation, but rather sends his gifts, his good gifts to us. Anything good and, and beautiful and satisfying in our lives came from him. And maybe just to even go back, even trials, if, if this is the case, if, if, if James is saying every good gift comes from God, even trials are to be considered as God's good gifts. Right? Let me, let me explain it in this way. They may not seem good to us because our understanding of good oftentimes is not in line with God's description of good. So in order to see trials as good, we need to understand good not from our own dictionary, but from God's dictionary, right? We need to understand good as God understands good, not as the world describes to us what good is. Because what the world describes as good is a smooth life, right? Is a life free of pain. Is a life free of, 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 of trial. Is a life of free of, of challenges. But what we see from God's word is that it is even good for us when God puts us in trial. Right? So, so see here when James says every good gift, see it in a broader um, definition of the word from God's perspective. Not from your, your perspective. Right? Anything good and beautiful and satisfying in our lives came from him. And what's more, he, he never changes or, 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 or ceases to be the source of all good. Uh, there, there isn't even a shadow of, of turning in him. Such as you would see if you, you moved the light slightly and made a slight turning in the shadow on the wall. He will never change in the least, in the least little bit from being the good God he is. God is always good. He will always be good, right? When I grew up, I don't know if, if this was the case for you. In, in, in our church, um, when, when I was young, um, you would hear the service leader saying to the church, God is good. And you'd hear a response from the, ta from, from, from the pew, people saying, all the time, Right? It was a confession of the goodness of God in every situation. Right? He is good all the time. 
whether in difficulty, whether in, 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 in joy, whether in trial, or whether in a smooth, free, pain-free life. God is good all the time, and he does not change. Right? Secondly, James points us to the character of God with respect to us. He says in verse 18, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. That the great plan of our salvation and, and future glorification in Christ is God's plan. And he's the one who's willingly, who, who willingly set the plan into motion. He's the one who brought us forth. He's the one who, 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 who brought us to himself, who gave birth to us. Using the very same word that he used in verse, verse 15, where temptation, if given into, brings forth death. But in this time, um, James uses it positively and says, God is the one who brought us forth, who, who, who gave birth to us in the Son, Jesus Christ. And he does so by the word of truth, through the gospel, right? We, we come to him through the gospel, the word of truth, which he him, himself spoke, which he himself gave to us. And he did this so that we would be like the first fruits, the, the best fruit of the harvest. And, and, and that served as an indication that more fruit was coming. Right? His goal for us always is to make us like his holy, sinless, glorious son. That is the goal of God. Even in the midst of temptation. So, I want you to see temptation in this way. Although temptation does not come from the hand of God, even in the midst of temptation, God allowed it to be so. And, and, and so, God allows it as an opportunity for you to show your love and honor of him. Right? In, in the midst of temptation, it's an opportunity for us to show our love for God and our allegiance to him by not giving in to sin, but by saying Christ is more satisfying. Right? It, it is saying that I see Christ as more satisfying than in the fleeting pleasures of sin, in the fleeting pleasures of this world. I will commit my life if, even in the midst of temptation. To show that I love God because he loved me first. Right? A holy life is a celebration of what Christ has done on the cross. We, we don't live a holy life just for ourselves. It, it benefits us, yes. But it is for the glory of God. And also celebrates what Christ has done for us on the cross. That the point is that if God is good and never changes and, and did all this to make us like Jesus, he's not going to work against us at the same time by tempting us so that we stumble into sin. Right? God does not come and, 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 and shape you and conform you to the image of Christ while on the other hand is working against that plan. So rather 
rather than blame him for our temptation, we should trust in his help in the midst of them. We should trust the fact that he is with us and endure in such a way as to receive the fullest blessings in Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, our Lord and God, we thank you, O oh God. Thank you that we can look to you in the midst of temptation and know that Christ is enough. That it is better to suffer for you. It is better to um, look to you than to give in to sin. Thank you for your word. We pray that you may use it to convict our hearts, to, to lead us to you, to conform us to the image of your dear um, son, Jesus Christ. May you be glorified in every uh, part of our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Um, <clears throat> as, as, as we said that uh, last week we had baptisms at, uh, at uh, Venom's place uh, for Tony and Andrea. Um, today we're going to receive them into, into membership um, as, as part of uh, the church, uh, not just uh, so Tony, Ria, uh, uh, Lorato, and Tebiso. Um, they are going to be received today in, 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 in can I have that, that thing? as members so we had uh, a couple of weeks where it's a, we had a class um, a membership class for eight weeks where we we took them through the class um, um, defining who we are as a church and um, what we believe um, and and who they must be as as uh, what they must be as members of the church um, and what they must look like and we we got to see their lives and testimony we heard from Rhea we heard from Tony last week as they gave their testimonies um, we, 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 we got to to interact with Lorato we got to interact with uh, um, uh, Tepiso as well um, just to hear their walk with the Lord and see their lives as well and um, we have spoken to you even as the church to say um, look at these people and if there's anything that um, you, you think um, prevents them from, from being members, talk to us as elders, talk to me, talk to um, David Nyoni, uh, bring them before us so that we can know, um, so that we don't receive people who um, at the end of the day will be a bad testimony for Christ. Um, so it's, it's a joy to, 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 to see um, what God has been doing in their lives and how God has been working in their lives. As I said, that as, as, as um, Obey said, that Rhea would be um, received in absentia because of her um, line of, of work. Um, so we will um, uh, call them to the front. Um, Tony, uh, Lorato, and uh, Tsepiso, please come to the front then.
as I said when we were in the, doing the, the, um, the membership classes, that when you think about membership, it's not, it's, it's, it's not like joining a, a club, right? Um, a, a sports club or, or something of that uh, nature. Um, it, it, it's more commitment. You're committing to the church. You're committing to Christ. Um, you're committing your lives to being with us and working the journey um, with us um, today. Um, so it's a joy to see you guys um, wanting to, do, to, to make this commitment, wanting to, to work with us um, as a Central Baptist Church. Um, I'm going to ask you a few questions um, as um, vows that you're making to, to the church. Um, and um, please answer the vows by, by saying we do. And I'm also going to ask the church members um, two questions after that um, with regards to Lorato, uh, Tepiso, uh, and, and, and Tony. Um, just let me, and you'll pray for us after that. <coughs> so you answer the question with we do, right? Do you affirm your faith in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? We do. do you trust, do, do you believe the scriptures of the Old and New Testament to be the word of God, totally trustworthy, fully inspired by the Holy Spirit, the supreme, final, and only infallible rule of faith and practice? We do. do you sincerely believe the statement of faith and the covenant of Central Baptist Church, um, that they contain the truth taught in the Holy Scripture? We do. do you promise that if at any time you find yourself out of accord with any of the statements of faith and covenant, you will on your own initi initiative make known to um, your elders and congregation uh, the changes which has taken place in your view since your commitment to membership? Do you subscribe to the government and discipline of Central Baptist Church? Do you promise to submit to your elders in the Lord? Do you promise to be zealous and faithful in promoting the truth of the gospel and the purity and peace of the church, whatever persecution or opposition may arise to you on that account? Will you be faithful and diligent in the exercise of all your duties as members, whether personal or relative, private or public, will you endeavor by the grace of God to adorn the profession of the gospel in your manner of life and to walk with exemplary piety before this congregation? Are you now willing to take personal? Um, are you now willing to take personal responsibility in the life of this congregation as? as members to serve faithfully in the ministries of the church and with your resources and to devote yourself to prayer for the church, for your leaders, to faithful attendance, to relying upon the grace of God in such a way that Central Baptist Church will be blessed. To the church, I request that you stand. Do you, members of Central Baptist Church, acknowledge uh, 
and publicly receive Lorato Mohorosi, Riamohetwe Mpuleleng, Tony Zengenene, and Tepiso Gampu as members of this church. Will you love them and pray for them as fellow brothers and sisters and work together with them humbly and cheerfully that by the grace of God you may accomplish the mission of the church to the glory and honor of God. Come pray for them. And um, all the, the deacons and come to the front as well. Let's pray. Our mighty and heavenly Father, thank you for such a wonderful time. When we have Ria, when we have Lorato, when we have Tony, and when we have Tsepiso, making this public confession that they love you, that they have known you. It is our prayer, O oh God, Lord, is they have now been added to our church membership, that, Lord, you might help them to defend the cause of the gospel, that they might be able with their way of life present forth a people who are unique who love you and as a church Lord help us support them help us O oh God as a church to nature them oh Father to give them comfort and fellowship so that they may continue with their work of Christ we even pray for ourselves Lord help us not to uh, uh, to tire in doing this great thing we thank you O oh God continue to bless us as a church family for we have prayed in Jesus' name, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I, um, I present to you, uh, <laughs> you members of Central Baptist Church, I mean, you can clap hands for them.